Hello, everyone, and welcome to Study, Apply, Thrive. This is actually a special edition of Study, Apply, Thrive, and I'm recording in the studio, and I have a couple of parents here with me. We're going to be talking about homeschooling and distance learning. I know a lot of parents have been thrown into a new position of being your child's primary teacher, and it's might be a little bit difficult waters to navigate. And so we're going to have a special podcast about that today. But first, let me welcome all of our first time listeners. Thank you so much for being here. The reason this podcast is called Study, Apply, Thrive, because we know that when you study and apply the word of God, that you will thrive in any area of life that you study and apply the word of God. My name is Vita Cash. I am the director of women's ministry at Float Church. I also have the privilege of being the co-pastor and first lady there. And I am so excited to be with you on today. We're going to have a lot of fun. We may have some questions and answers at the end. We'll see, but we're going to dive into the word of God to see what God says about studying, applying, and thriving in the area of distance learning and homeschooling our children. Hey, everybody. I hope you have your Bible. I hope you have a cup of tea, a journal, an electronic device, a notepad, or however you want to take notes. And today you really do want to take notes. It is March. No, it's not March. It's April (laughs) of 2020. And we have been dealing with the COVID-19 virus running through our country for a couple weeks now. And a, a common topic has been coming up. So many schools, not even so many, I think all public school districts in our country are closed right now and parents are being put into a new position of having to homeschool or a more accurate term would be helping their child navigate distance learning. And I want to do a special podcast about that tonight for two reasons. I am a homeschooler. Before COVID-19 happened, I am a homeschooler. I homeschooled my fourth grader And I've been doing that for a while. I love homeschooling. I have fun doing it with her. It is um, interesting when you're a homeschool mom um, because of so many different reasons. And I'll get into that later. And then I'm also a professional educator. In addition to being a minister of the gospel, I have a master's degree in education, specifically in distance education, public um, policy and management. I have taught special needs. I've been a speech therapist. I've taught uh, infant and Todd's through second grade. I have taught Bible college for about seven years, written curriculum. I've been an education consultant. I have done so many things in the education world and homeschooling my very intelligent, precocious 10-year-old daughter has been one of the most challenging assignments that I have had in the world of education. I'm also a minister of the gospel and I teach women all the time. That's my life assignment in addition to being a homeschool mom. And when I say that it's challenging to homeschool my daughter, it's not that she's difficult. She is very cooperative and she loves being homeschooled and she is she has a love for learning, but just the process of learning how to homeschool your child can be one that's difficult. And so I want to arm you with some word first and then also give you some practical information from the perspective of me being a trained educator and a seasoned homeschool mom. I I just want to give you some things that will help you be more successful during this time, Um, during this season of parents having to distance, do distance learning with their children. I get text messages from friends and family members and members of our community 
every single day. Not a day goes by, even Saturday and Sunday, I'm getting text messages from mom saying, this is not working for me, for dad saying, this is not working um, from people in my family. How do you do this? Why do you do this? I get messages every day. And so I put together some information for you to help you with this. And I want to say from the very beginning that you can do this. You absolutely can do this. And I've been saying this in my latest podcast or the last two or three episodes. I've been saying that God is being very strategic at this time. And even though we think that all of this is happening because there's an illness that's going through the country, it's also something that God wants to develop on the inside of us. He's using this time of us spending more time together as a family, of our pace being a lot slower, of our schedules being a lot lighter, of there being a lot lot fewer distractions in our life to develop something on the inside of us. And one of the things that I know God wants to develop on the inside of every single believer and every single woman is a confidence in what he can do through you. Not so much of what you can do for yourself or what your education has gotten you, but what God wants to do through you. And in Philippians 4 verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so you have the ability ability to be an excellent homeschool parent or to be an excellent facilitator of distance learning. And I'll tell you the difference between the two in a couple minutes, but you have the ability to do that, not in your own power and not through your own intellect, but because God is empowering you to do it. And I want you to be confident in that. If you're taking notes, write that down. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And then open your Bibles or flip your Bibles or your electronic device or whatever it is you're doing. I want you to open up to uh, not Exodus, Deuteronomy chapter six and verse four. Deuteronomy six and four says, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might." That sounds like the great commission that Christ gave us in the Gospels, doesn't it? When they asked him, "What's the greatest commandment?" He was actually quoting Deuteronomy there. That's another lesson. I love teaching on the ministry of Christ. That's a whole nother lesson. Um, But look at verse six. It says, and these words, which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart and thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children and shall talk of them when thou sittest down in thy house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou rise up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign unto thee thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And so I'm pointing out this scripture because God is giving words to the children of Israel, and he's saying that this is the great commandment that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. And then he's saying, I want you to bind these words in your heart, and then for you to teach them to your children. And so he's talking specifically about teaching our children that particular commandment commandment, but there's a deeper and greater lesson that we can learn here that God is showing us through this chapter and this verse in Deuteronomy that you have been empowered by God to teach your children. So here is specifically saying, teach the teach them this, but what he doesn't say is take them to Sunday school or take them to the priest or take them to the church or take them to a teacher or take them to a rabbi. He's specifically saying for you to teach them that these are words that I have given you. So whatever you receive, see from the Lord, you have the ability to teach it to your children. And so I want you to receive this season now of distance learning and homeschooling as an assignment from the Lord. And even though it may have been mandated by your governor 
or by your board of education leader or by the head of school for your private school. It may have come through that channel, but everything that we do as believers, the Lord orders our steps. He orders every detail of our lives when we're submitted to him and when we're willing to do things his way. And so he has empowered you for this season. This season didn't catch God by surprise. He knew that we would be at this place and at this time, and he has equipped you for such a time as this. And so you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you, and you have the ability to teach your children, just like you teach your children to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. You have the ability to teach your children that two plus two equals four, and that I before E comes after C, and that the preamble says this, and that these are the types of air pollution for science, and these are the parts of speech, and how to use them, and then this is a gerund, and this is a this. I mean, you have the ability to teach Latin. You have the ability to teach it all, not because you have taken every class or because you remember everything from when you were in school, but because you have Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And the Bible says that Holy Spirit will teach you what to say when you need to say it. And you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. So I want you to develop a confidence in saying, this is temporary. First of all, this is temporary. I know that's good news to somebody. Somebody just jumped up and ran around their, their room. This is temporary. You're not going to have to distance, uh, do distance learning or homeschooling with your child forever. This is temporary unless you fall in love with it like I have and you decide you want to continue. This is a temporary moment. And weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Morning is coming. You will have a, a sense of normalcy back in your education system for your children soon. But in the meanwhile, while we're in this season, we can't just sit back and just say, well, whatever happens, you know, my kids will get it. You have to be diligent about keeping your children on task and allowing them to have the opportunity to continue their learning under your supervision. And you have the ability to do that. Now, let's make a distinction between homeschooling and distance learning. There's a big difference. Homeschooling is usually a thoughtful choice made by parents to educate their children or their child at home. It's usually something that you and your spouse sit down and you pray about it and you think about it. Or if you're co-parenting and you're not married to your co-parent, you and your co-parent think about or whatever decision process you make that includes prayer and seeking the Lord, you made that decision on your own when you're a homeschooler. And you feel empowered. You feel like I exercise my option to educate my child at home. I feel empowered. Distance learning is something different. This well, emergency distance learning is a choice that's made by the school or the school district for children to be educated at home with the guidance and support of the school. So when this happened, most of you were like, wait, what? What are we doing? What was going on? School, I'm going to be teaching. I'm going to have to do that. So the school exercised their option for your child to be educated at home. When you're a homeschool parent, you exercised your option. That's very different because for many parents, you still have to work. Even if you're working from home, you're working, um, you have to be at a computer. You have to do conference calls. You have to do video conferences. There are still things that you have to do. And then your child has something to do. And so it can be very different and it can almost feel intrusive. And even though it's your child, you might feel like, well, wait a minute, I'm kind of upset that they made this decision for me. 
that's okay because you can take that feeling, how you're feeling, you can take it to the Lord in prayer and the Lord will begin to minister that to you. So I want you to remember that. Don't pretend like, oh, I'm just walking through the roses and I'm just sipping on tea and having a good time. If you don't like it, take it to the Lord and say, God, I need you to work out something in me. I need you to work out something in this child. But I know that at the end of the day, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And according to Deuteronomy chapter six, I have the ability to teach my children. I am well equipped to do that. So now let's move a little bit further because one of the big things that we have to understand is that school at home and school at school is not the same thing. And it is almost, and I I try not to use the word absolutely. So I'm going to say almost, it is almost impossible to duplicate what happens at the schoolhouse in your home. And let me give you a couple of reasons why. At school, the classroom dynamics, such as the number of children in the class, schedules, workstations, work groups, those are hard to recreate at home. Even if you have 10 children, you usually have more than 10 children in a classroom. And even if you have 10 children, I'm guessing that all 10 of your children are not the same age. If they are, please send me an email. I have some questions for you. But you, even if you have 10 children, you know, you might have three or four kids at home. They're in different grades. And so it's not going to be the same classroom dynamic that there is at school. Um, number two, the reason what's different between school and at home. Teachers use their years of experience to springboard presenting curriculum. They have been developing and fine-tuning those lesson plans that they're sending you for years. They've been teaching those things for years. And in addition to that, they had at least four years of training in undergrad. And then some of them went on to get a master's degree for another two years. And then some went on to get a doctorate degree for another two or three years. And they have been teaching for years. They've have been, had the opportunity to develop those lesson plans and if you compare it to you, it was dropped in your lap. You had 48, 72 hours to prepare to be a homeschool parent. It's not the same. Your tra- your training may not be in education. You may be an accountant. You may be an attorney, a physician, a landscaper, a baker, a cook, a postal worker. Your degree or your expertise may not be in education. So where teachers have had years of experience, you only had a couple days. Teachers have a whole classroom that has stations and posters and all types of manipulatives and games and books and this lively environment. Your home environment where you're doing your distance learning may be your kitchen table. It may be your home office. It may be the basement of the family room. It may be a little corner of the dining room table. It's not the same thing. Teachers have themselves and then they always have a team lead. They have administrators. They have parent volunteers. They have librarians guidance counselors, resource teachers, front office staff, custodial staff, and a host of other people that help them execute their full-time job. Teachers have so many resources that are available to them every single day that go into preparing for each and every lesson plan they want. If they want books for a particular topic, they let the librarian know a couple weeks in advance, I'm going to be doing a unit on apples. I'm going to be doing a unit on electricity. I'm going to be doing a unit on language arts and that librarian will pull particular literature for that teacher and have it ready for them. If you want literature, now that you're homeschooling, you have to stop teaching and and research the literature that you're looking for and order it or download it or whatever happens. 
If a teacher has a spill in her classroom or his classroom, he calls the custodial staff. If you have a spill in your classroom, which is your kitchen, your office, your dining room or whatever, you have to be the custodial staff and you have to stop and clean it up or help your child clean it up. You know, there it's a big difference. You have you and your spouse and a few other non-educators to help you. And in some cases is while you are still doing your full-time job. And then I mentioned that you still have a full-time job. Some of you, yeah, you still have a full-time job. So you're trying to juggle all of this responsibility. So it's not going to look the same. And so take that pressure off of yourself that, oh, I need to duplicate exactly what they do at school. It's impossible for you to do that. And so I want you to let that expectation go. It's an unfair expectation for you. It's an unfair expectation for your student. So just let that expectation go and just sit down and tell your your child very simply or your children very simply, it's not going to be the same at home. Well, Miss Johnson does it like this. I am not Miss Johnson. Or if your name is Johnson, I am not Miss Brown. If your name is Brown, you get the picture of what I'm saying. It is not going to be the same. And you want to, as best as you can, keep them on some kind of schedule if that works for them. But it's not going to be the same. So let this peace, let the peace of God rule in your heart. That's Colossians uh, 3 and 15. Just let let the peace of God rule in your heart that even though it doesn't look like the schoolhouse, you're still being effective. Your children are resilient. Your children are smart. They are like sponges. They pick up things and it may not seem like they're getting a lot out of what you're doing at home. And for some of you, they may be picking it up, all of it. And you might feel like, oh, I'm, I'm excelling at this. And if that's the case, then share this podcast with another parent who may be struggling a little bit more. But let the peace of God rule in your heart that everything is going to be okay. Now, in the homeschool community, there's a term called de-schooling, and it's very popular. It's not a term that I coined. It's, if you Google it, you'll get at least 30 hits. It's a very popular uh, term in the homeschool community. And what that refers to, the term de-schooling, it's the mental transition from how you do things at school to how we do things at home. And statistically, and what experts say is that it takes one month for every year that your child was in traditional school for them to de-school. So if you decided to homeschool your child um, when they were in third grade, it would take kindergarten, first, second, third, it's four years. It would take about four months for your child to have a mental transition from how we did things at school to how we do things at home. And it will take you an equal amount of time to transition from how you do things at school to how we do things at home. One of the things that trips up most new homeschool moms is they they try to duplicate the schoolhouse um, environment down to the T. They try to create a room in their house that looks like a classroom, and they have a schedule that's very rigorous, like a classroom. But we're going to do math at nine o'clock. And then at 950, we're going to have a five minute water break. And we're going to walk to the water fountain, which really is the, the kitchen. We're going to use the water <laughs> coming out the side of the refrigerator. And then we're going to have a bathroom break. Then we're going to go back to the classroom, which is really your office. Then we're going to do reading for 30 minutes of silent sustained reading. Then we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Don't do that. Do not do that. Do not do that. Learning at home is a more relaxed environment. Um, last Sunday after church, we um been having church online. Service was over. And then we had children's church online at 1230. So maybe about 2.30 or 3 o'clock, I gave my daughter a math test because I felt like it and because she felt like it. 
We don't even have to wait from Monday through Friday. When you're a homeschooler, you get things done when it's convenient. You get things done when your children are alert and when they're most ready to learn. She was in a, a learning mood. Mommy, let's let's do some stuff. Okay, great. Let's do a math test. She's like, great. And she did great on it. So it's not going to be the same. So I want you to let that go. I want you to de-school. Now for you, if you plan on sending your children back to school, you're doing a temporary de-schooling. And some of you may love it. You might think, well, maybe I want to homeschool permanently, but we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. And the way that you're going to temporarily de-school is you're going to set clear boundaries and expectations for you and for your child. You want to be very clear about what you want to accomplish and about what your expectations are. If you expect for your child to get up at the same time in the morning, clearly communicate that to them. If you want them to get dressed and have breakfast before school starts, communicate that to them. Communicate that to yourself so that you can facilitate whatever needs to happen to make that happen. You want to develop a daily routine or a schedule. You know, what are we going to do today? And for some kids, that doesn't work. For some kids, a schedule or routine doesn't work. And so the alternative is to give those kids or students, um, yeah, give those students a to-do list. Now, here are the five things we have to get done today. I want you to get these things done by two o'clock or three o'clock. A daily to-do list works better for older kids middle school and high school, younger kids need a little bit more structure. Now, if you are distance learning with the guidance of your public school, be sure that you're minding whatever requirements they have. If they require you to be online for a certain amount of time, or if they require you to be online during a certain time period, please be mindful of whatever requirements your school has given you. But if no requirements are there, are there just as long as you're getting the curriculum done, don't feel like you have to get it all done by three o'clock. When I homeschool my daughter during normal um, environments, we usually start our day at 830 in the morning and we're usually finished by like two o'clock in the afternoon. And then she does independent work. It doesn't take me all day to teach her. And finishing at two o'clock is including her lunch break. It's including her practicing piano for 30 minutes. It's including her reading for a little bit. I'm not working one-on-one with her from 8.30 until two o'clock, but it's that that encompasses everything that we do. Her homework, which is the independent assignments that she does. It's her practicing all the things she needs to practice. And so again, you do things based on what your child needs. Um, Number three, number four, I don't know what number I'm on. Communicate with your teacher about what is a reasonable amount of work that you can do with your student. Most of the teachers are sending you more work than what you really need. And they do that because in every classroom, you have students who are right on grade level. You have students who are a little advanced and students who are a little delayed or a little behind. And what teachers will do is send enough work for all those students. And so they have to send work for the students who who get just go through work really quickly. And then they have to also have something for the students who work a little bit slower. If you're finding that the volume of work that your that your teacher has sent is too much for your student, send an email because they're still working. Their teachers are still working. They're not on vacation. They're still working. So you can still communicate with them as you would when your child was physically going to the schoolhouse. If you had a question, you would send an email. You may not be able to call because they're not physically working at the school building, but they are responsive to email. So just send them an email and say, listen, this is too much. How can we scale this? This is what my child can accomplish. And I'm positive that they will work with you, especially if you pray before you call. Try to do some half days of school. 
if it's not required that you be logged onto a computer or something like that all day, try to do some half days. It'll be a good mental health break for both you and your child because this is a, di- a change for your child as well. And they may be feeling the stress of it all. So you want to be sensitive to what your child needs. And if you can do a couple half days, I wouldn't recommend every day, but maybe Friday or Monday can be your half day that you kind of ease into the week or you ease out of the week so that you can have a mental health break. And on those days that you do half day, it can be a time for you to just kind of get organized, give your child an organization tool to clean up the classroom area or whatever area you're using at home, um, organize their books or clean off their desk or something like that. So they're still being productive, but they're not being inundated with just work, 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 work. And then this is a really big one. Develop a support system. If you can't teach math, there's another parent who can. If you can't teach science, there's another parent who can. If you don't know a gerund from a past participle, there's another parent who does. And so find your community, communicate with other parents, communicate with your alumni association, with people that you work with. There is somebody that you know who is an expert at the area that you're lacking because God's not going to allow you to go lacking without a solution. There's somebody that you already know and you can barter with them. You teach the math. I teach the English. You do the Spanish. I'll do the spelling. You know, you you work it out as best you can, but I don't want you to feel like you have to be in this all by yourself because of the frustration that you may be having, there are other parents who feel that. The elation that you may be feeling. Some of you may be so excited to have this opportunity to spend with your children. There are other parents who feel the same way. Find your tribe, find your your support system, connect with them and go through this process together. No stress. I don't want you to be stressed out. Please do not be stressed out. Your children are bright and resilient. They can handle change if you model good coping skills for them. The way that you play it out is the way they're going to pay it out. If you roll out the bed with an attitude and you drag down to the kitchen and you can't talk to anybody until you have coffee and you mumbling under your breath, I can't believe they did it. When is the school going to do this? When it, that's exactly how your child is going to carry it. But if you wake up in the morning, this is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. This is different from us. This is different for us. And we're going to get through this. If you come to the table that way, guess what? That's how your children will come to the table. So you have to model what you want your kids to do. Remember Deuteronomy, you have the ability to teach your children. You have the ability to teach them the right mindset to bring to an assignment. You have the ability to teach them the right attitude that they should have. You have the ability to teach them their schoolwork. You have the ability to teach them how to walk in faith. You have the ability, and I want you to own that. Every excuse that you have possibly come up with as to why this won't work for you, I want you to let that excuse go. I know that your time may be tight, but again, there's another parent or another family member who can help you out. I know that you may be tired. This is this too shall pass. This is not forever. And I'm not saying that to be critical of you. I'm saying it to build you up, to let you know that you right now, you you can do this. You can do this. This is not going to be impossible for you. You absolutely can do this. So I want you to stay positive. I want you to stay consistent and I want you to stay motivated. Find your motivation and stay there. I want you to take breaks when you feel stressed and allow your children to feel the same. There's something that we use, a term we use in the education world called a saturation level that 
there's a certain point that your child would become saturated. And at that point, it doesn't matter what you say, they can't take anything else in. I want you to learn your child's saturation level. And when they get there, allow them to take a break. For some children, it might be 30 minutes. For some, it might be 40 minutes. For some, it might be 22 minutes. But when you notice that your child's attention is no longer focused on the activity, and even though they're being polite and they, they may be be being obedient, but you can tell they're no longer connected with the activity. Even though you might have 15 more minutes of teaching, allow them to take a five to 10 minute break and then come back fresh to finish up the 15 minutes that you have left. But to push them through it is going to be like them never having it because they're saturated. Think about a sponge. You can put a sponge in water. If you put a sponge in a bathtub, it's impossible for that sponge to soak up all the water in that bathtub. There's only so much that water can soak up. Uh, It's only so much that sponge can soak up. Your children are the same. They get to a point where they're totally saturated. You have to give them a minute to absorb it all and allow allow it to flow through them before they can take some more. Then they can take some more, but just not at that moment. So give them a break when they need it. And you know when you need a break. Don't try to be a superwoman. Oh, I got this. I can do this. And you're multitasking. You have your work computer to the left and your school computer to the right and a journal right in front of you. You need a break. You need a break. And it's okay. When you feel that stress rising up, you need a break. And you say, Johnny, you don't need a break. Mom needs a break. Mommy's going to go walk around the block. Come on and walk with me. Or mom's going to go downstairs and have a cup of tea. Mom's going to go listen to a worship song. Mommy's going to go look out the window and do absolutely nothing. And I need you to not talk to me while I do it. You know, you you set the standards. The, the parents in the studio are laughing at me and some of them are nodding their heads. That's okay. You need to take a break when you need it and you don't have to apologize for it. But remember, you're taking breaks. You're not giving up. You're not walking away. You're not concluding for the day. You're taking a break. Make sure you're working out. Make sure you're going for walks. You're riding bikes. You're doing Pilates. You're stretching. You're getting cardio in because the the endorphins that your body releases when you work out will make you feel better. It releases stress in your body. And you, at this point, you want to be sure that you're doing that, taking care of yourself, getting the right amount of rest, making sure that you're eating well, because you want to stay healthy, not just from Corona, but you want to stay healthy for your child so that you can be um, in a good mood, so that you can be in a good place mentally and emotionally to educate your child. Listen to music, specifically worship music. Just invite the presence of God into whatever space you're in, your bedroom, your office, your kitchen table, your dining room, your family room. Invite the presence of God into those spaces by worship. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people where he comes and lives in our praise. And we all need the presence of God right now. So listen to music and invite God in. Play games, make it fun, you know, make, get some note cards and make some game pieces, make up your own board games. And you never know, God may give you an idea that's marketable for you to do retail with it, but make it fun. If you're going over multiplication facts, make it fun. Um, reading, make it fun. Read together. You read a paragraph, I read a paragraph. You, you read a page, I read a page. Um, allow them to use different color crayons and markers and everything doesn't have to be in pencil and, you know, just find a way to make it fun. If this is possible, sleep late. I know you're used to getting up at six o'clock for um, a.m. prayer because you're a part of Flow Church and you get up every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. That's a plug for our morning prayer call. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Um, But if you can, lay back down for an hour after the prayer call just to give your body time just to rest for God to minister to you. You don't have to go to sleep, but just lay back down and just rest in the presence of the Lord and allow yourself to get up a little later. 
If that's not possible, if your child has to log on at a certain time, or if you have to log on, if you have to work, if that's not possible, then, you know, maybe go to bed a little bit earlier. But if you have the capacity to do so, sleep in a little bit later. Don't get overwhelmed by all of the free online educational resources. And I am very grateful. I thank God for all the companies who are allowing um, parents to use their resources for free right now. You have so many websites that are doing that, that you can get so many things for free. That stuff can overwhelm you. It can be like a rabbit hole that you cannot get out of. It can be so much. It is good information. All of it is good information, but everything that's good for you, no, everything that's good to you is not good for you. I think that's how you say that saying, but y'all get what I'm saying. You might not need all that. If your teacher is providing a full curriculum for you already, you don't need to supplement with three other math curriculums just because they're free. Just because something is free doesn't mean you need to incorporate it into your life. And it will, if it's overwhelming to you, it will be overwhelming to your student. So just be mindful about the extra stuff you're giving them. Um, they're not used to doing schoolwork for 10 hours a day. So just because they're at home doesn't mean they need to do it for 10 hours now. After they've done their amount of work for the day, allow them to ride their bike or play video games or read or dance or do arts and crafts or play in the yard or chase the dog or uh, talk to you while you cook dinner or whatever it is you usually do. Allow them to do that, but do not get overwhelmed by all of the free online resources that are available Use what's necessary for you and your child. Use, you know, use it, but don't be overwhelmed by it. Okay. And then my last tip for you is just a reminder that you're doing great. You are absolutely doing great. And one thing that teachers do is every good teacher and every teacher, have, um, I don't know why I said every good teacher, every teacher does this. It's teaching 101. Classroom management. The way that teachers keep their students motivated and focused is through some type of classroom management system. And every teacher has his or her own way of doing this, but every teacher does this um, starting in K-3 up through 12th grade. Every teacher has a classroom management system is how they keep their students focused on the curriculum, focus on the task at hand and how they discipline if children get off track. I want you to have a classroom management system for at home, and it can be just as, as simple as creating a reward system. And a reward system can be at the end of the week, we're going to go to a drive through and get ice cream. Actually, don't do that. I don't like when we reward kids with food, um, but what may be under these conditions, well, let, let the Lord use you. Let, let the Lord minister to you about that, give you a witness either way about that. But it needs to be something that is well-defined, that your children know that they're working towards this particular goal. It's consistent. It's fun. It's affordable. It's doable. And it's something that you can do every week. So affordable and doable. Please do not tell your children, we're going to go fly to the Bahamas on Saturday. That's not affordable and doable for you to do every single week. It, it, we can't fly out the country right now, so it's just not doable. But you want to give them something to work towards. If you stay on task all week, this is what we're going to do on Friday. This is what we're going to do on Saturday. This is what we're going to do on Sunday after we go to church online. This is what we're going to do. And here are some suggestions. A pizza party or ice cream party. And again, just use wisdom when it comes to 
motivating your kids with with food. If your child has an eating problem or if you have a hard time getting them to eat healthy foods, you may not want to use ice cream and pizza to motivate them. So you just have to know your child with that particular one. A movie night uh, via pay-per-view. So many movies are being released straight to digital media that you can stream them at home instead of going to the theater. So you might want to motivate your child with the new a new movie is coming out and we'll get that movie via pay-per-view this weekend if you stay on task all week. Ribbons and certificates. You can make your own certificates and ribbons at home with your computer, print them out and give your child a certificate or a ribbon every week. Um, give them the opportunity of socializing with friends via FaceTime or Zoom. And that can be something that could be daily. You have a great day at school today. You can FaceTime or Zoom with your friends this afternoon. A reduction in chores. If they do good in school while they're at home with you, then they don't have to wash dishes one night or they don't have to take out the trash this week, you know, however that works in your household. Allow them to have a later bedtime if possible. This is if possible. Now, if your personal mental health time starts when your children go to bed and for so many moms, especially moms of with kids like three and four years old, you can't have a mental rest until your child goes to bed at night, then I would not recommend you extend their bedtime. And all the moms of toddlers said, thank you, thank you, thank you. But if you have older kids who um, can be self-sufficient at night, they can get themselves ready for bed and maybe be in their room doing a quiet activity before going to bed, maybe consider allowing them to have a later bedtime um, just as a reward for doing so well in school. For young kids, you can do stickers and stamps and all kind of things like that. And then for your teenagers, money. Money motivates. The Bible says money answereth all things. You want your teenager to focus, give them a bonus in their allowance at the end of the week because they've been doing well in school. So I pray that these tips have blessed you. And remember that you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. You can absolutely do this. You have a a community of people who are there to support you. You have your family members, you have your neighbors, you have the parents of other children in your class, you have your teachers, you have your administrators and principals. And then if you're a part of Flow Church, you know that you never have to fight a battle alone when you're a part of Flow Church. And we are praying for you and we have resources available for you. You can reach out to us through emailing us or texting us at the church office and someone will respond to you and help you through this time. You know, we are a community, we are a family and we are here to support each other. But more than anything, I want you to know that you have the ability to do this. This too will pass and your children are resilient. They are bright and they will be just fine. And so will you. Thank you guys for listening today. I pray that this blessed you. Share it with all your friends and families and other moms. You can do this. Welcome to the world of homeschool. I'll see you next week. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Study, Apply, Thrive. I hope that it blessed you. If it did, go ahead and subscribe. You want to be able to stay connected with what we're doing here. You can get an RSS feed or you can just follow us and subscribe so that you know when new episodes come out. I promise you the word will always be rich. It will always come straight from the Bible. You'll have fun and you'll be enriched. Share this podcast with your friends and with your family. Help us spread the gospel. We want to reach thousands of women for the kingdom of God and help them to flow. And that means to follow Christ, love others, and work on themselves. Um, I invite you to follow me on social media. I am at Vita Cash on Instagram and Twitter. And that's V-E-T-T-A Cash.
again at um, at Vita Cash on Instagram and Twitter. And you can go to our website, flow-church.com to get more information about how to connect with our church, about how to give, about how to serve, about how to grow, and about how to work on yourself. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time.